There are 56 days until the 2022 midterm elections. Welcome to today's episode of the Mary Trump Show Strategy Sessions with a random selection of Nerd Avengers who will be joining us momentarily. But before we start, I want to submit my request for a special master, right? I mean, why not? I think we should all have a special master in our back pocket just in case. Um, I'd also like to give a shout out to the American mainstream media, uh, which has done something I didn't think was possible. They have actually been able to make me as sick of something as I am of Donald <laughs> because of their over-the-top, unceasing coverage of something that happened in Great Britain like a week ago. So thanks, guys. Um, there is, as usual, a lot going on at the moment, and I'd like to start, uh, you know, before everybody else joins, just with some observations about what's going on at CNN and how it, it just kind of frames, uh, the, the scary times we're living in. Now, I... I've never really watched CNN. I found that um, after the 2016 election, their hiring of Donald sycophants and campaign people and, uh, you know, people connected to uh, his campaign and to him, I found it really, really uh, disturbing because these clearly were were people with an agenda. It's not just that they weren't objective. They had an agenda. They went on to CNN to filibuster, to lie, to dissemble, and to spread disinformation. Well, now uh, that the the network has been taken over by a guy who literally (laughs) called to have... uh, to, for prayers, I guess, to have Donald uh, reelected. Um, we're seeing very, very quickly how the network is reorganized around this principle of keeping Donald relevant and uh, bolstering the GOP and ultimately, I guess, to, to uh, get Donald reelected and to bash the Democrats at every opportunity. Um, I mean, almost immediately we saw uh, how quickly uh, some of the pundits on CNN fell into line. Hi, John. I'm just talking about uh, briefly. I mean, we don't need to go into this a lot, but just the, the new developments at CNN and you know the the fact that I don't I don't really think that it's it's a, a huge departure of where CNN has been since at least 2016, but it it now feels like it is um, part of mission statement, right? To uh, diminish voices of sanity and objectivity, um, and to eschew sort of moderate, um, and by moderate, I just mean not crazy, not over the top, um, observations and, uh, you know, even if they're partisan, uh, but 
moderate takes on what's going on with a sort of top-down insistence that the Republican agenda and Republican talking points be preferenced. And, you know, I think we saw this kick into effect almost immediately right after Biden's speech when when people like Jake Tapper and um, Brianna Keller uh, just focused in on the fact that Joe Biden had two Marines standing behind him and didn't even care about the substance of the speech, which they inaccurately framed as a political speech. Um, so I, I was just wondering if you had any thoughts on where CNN is headed and where that puts us uh, in terms of being disadvantaged on the left from having any places left to go find information that is accurate and not either misinformation or disinformation. Yeah. So, um, you know, before the first time I ever was on cable television was on CNN. And I think it was on, um, is it called the newsroom or news hour with Brooke Baldwin? Um, she, she and she was wonderful, and this is this is during around 2017, and their co-hosts there. I'd been on. Um, I, I've met. I wasn't on with Jake Tapper. I had met him. I've been on with Don Lemon and various people, and then later I switched over just based on who would contact me. Booker's contacted me from MSNBC, but there is definitely a change with the change in ownership and the new leadership. Um, at CNN, put in after, you know, uh, Jeff Zucker left, um, it seems to be, hey, watch, it seems to be, you know, pushing what their political viewpoint is. And, the, you know, I think um, the newscasters and the opinion folks who are on air have a choice. And, you know, it's not just about money, it's about ego, and it's about power. But you have no power if you're a puppet. You know, you have, you know, you have no real voice if you're just reading someone else's script. Um, and so, you know, there are folks there who it's like, are you an actor or are you a thinker? Um, and you can have a very good sort of mental apparatus that can ask questions or use logical reasoning, but it doesn't mean that you have any vision or any political views or thoughts of your own. So we're separating here. It might be that's what's happening is, you know, it's like separating the sheeps from the goats or whatever they say. We're learning who has ideas of their own and who is an opportunist. Um, not that there's anything wrong with ambition, but one would hope right. that you are genuine, you know? And so right. I think we're seeing with people, um, maybe with Jake, you know, that he is using his excellent education and his power to maintain it. And now he's become an empty suit. And that's yeah. not, that's a shame if that's going to be your legacy. And you know what? It's, it's just, a, it's a, it's a very, uh, quick slide in the slippery slope. You look at someone like Giuliani, and I know he was always an opportunist, but remember he was quote, America's mayor. And he had cultivated that. Unless you're but a New now, Yorker. <laughs> but during, he, he was actually a strong figure during 9-11. And even if that was, it turns out that was just a performance because now he's actually not 
contradicting the 9-11 deniers. I mean, in addition to everything other horrible thing that he has done. So you come to find out as you get to be an older person in this world that some people are, are better actors than we thought that they were. Um, and you make a choice. So that, that, so the answer really is, you know, in terms of media, media ownership is, you know, you, me and Wodge need to cast, you know, pass around the hat and buy our own television network. I, you know, I have a background in news. I was, you know, high school news editor, co-editor, and I was features editor of my college paper. That should suffice. Um, I've been on your show. If you just hand me some money, I'm sure you, me, and Waj could do a better job. But that's that's where we are now. So CNN, yeah. I think, is lost as being sort of a middle-of-the-road arbiter. They're, they're getting instructions. And, and let me say one last thing. Mm-hmm. I was appalled at what Jake Tapper said. I think it was referring to Asha Rangappa. She seems to have stepped up that yeah. he didn't name her but to – Someone who I consider a friend, Ellie Honig, said to him, what do you think about all these MSNBC legal commentators who have attacked you and now you've been vindicated? And and have they apologized to you? They apologized to you. And it was just and and Asha stepped up via Twitter and said it was just a tweet argument. I wasn't attacking him personally. And I said in response, look, like it looks like Ellie was caught off guard. I hope he says something. Address that. I haven't seen a tweet or anything. It it was. Yeah, exactly. I'm actually hugely disappointed because he's telling we lost you and i just hope that he makes a different choice well listen i think i think you one of the problems is that that this pressure is created to conform and uh you know like i i i get it i i i understand that there are moments when you don't want to rock the boat or or you get defensive, fine, but have a little integrity. And first of all, welcome, Gentub and Wajali. Uh, and before we start, though, I just want to make sure, because this is very important, that neither one of you is wearing golf shoes. So are we good? No yes. golf shoes? Thank you. Because um, this is, you're muted, Jen. Um, so actually, what shoes are you wearing? I want some proof. Just tell me. I'm I'm wearing Innovate uh I don't know what they are. I I'm wear them when I, I lift weights. Very because nice. I don't like to tie shoes, even though unlike your uncle, but do you I know, know how to tie my you shoes. You know how exactly. Uh, well, I'm South Asian. Shoes. If I wear shoes in the home, I'd get disowned. So I'm wearing socks. That's right. That's oh. right. And that's that's fair. Um, but so good. But if you were wearing shoes, they wouldn't be golf shoes. No, no. I've, okay. I've never worn golf shoes in my life. Danielle, however, is wearing Hi, Danielle. golf shoes. Danielle uh, well, is the right. elite golfer among us. Mute her. Mute her. No golf shoes. Can I just say something about golf? After mm-hmm. what I got, when I was uh, after working, after going to law school and then big law Actually, firm, do, do I want you to say something about yeah, golf? Yeah, you do. It's not a sport. And I went That's in-house I um, and I was working at Fidelity Investments. And even though I was going to be a public interest lawyer, somehow I followed this path because, you know, money is fascinating and stuff <laughs> yeah, like that. And uh so there I am, and I thought to myself, you know, I missed a bet. I would have been better off learning to play golf than going to any of the schools that I went to. Like, I wish someone had actually t- – at that time, I was like, well, if my goal is power, I've made some bad choices. I don't know. And I'm really glad now that I suck at golf and that I don't have the attention span for, you know, 
a sports ball. And I know, sorry, Wadge, you do. Um, so yeah, anyhow, that's what I learned. I, I, I should have just born, born a white guy and things would have been much better. But I know. was going to say, I don't think playing golf uh, redounds to your benefit unless you're a white guy. Um, and Fair no point. matter what, it's a total waste of fucking time. So don't do it. Um, anyway, it's because tennis is the only real sport. Oh, look at that. Yeah, I'm staking my claim. That is that is my that is my opinion that will not be modified by pressure. Um, but you know, even though to Jen's point, I have no background in any of this shit, but you know, I have opinions and everybody on this show needs to be heard more. And I, you know, this isn't what we're here to talk about today, but just to get the word, where are our billionaires? Seriously. Uh you know, you guys out there have so much money. I'm not saying don't cure malaria. Please do. I'm not saying, you know, don't create affordable housing so people could live with dignity. Please do. But, you know, <laughs> there's you still have more money. And probably the, the lack of a very robust liberal media mm. um, is... What did I say? Sorry. Um, I totally distracted myself because, well, I'll get to why in a second. But the are not having a robust little liberal media is why we're in so much trouble. It's yeah. one of the main reasons. Right? You could say the same thing about, uh, you know, is the Supreme Court the most important thing? Yes, but we're not going to get a Supreme Court that's going to make America a democracy and a place where it's a good place to live for all people, et cetera, et cetera, unless we have a huge democratic majority. So we have to focus on the immediate thing that is going to create the most positive outcomes. And I think having a media channel uh, that can have a, that, that much influence uh is one of those most immediate things, um, right? Yeah. And watch, I just want to say yeah. so, the, this calculation that this, I don't even know his name, this guy at CNN, his calculation that his best way to go is to become Fox Light or whatever, or, you know, maybe maybe OAN. I, I don't know quite where he's going with this. Like, do people really think that that's the only viable economic model is just to keep people angry and paranoid? Well, I mean, just to unpack a lot of what you said, you know, this is not just a grievance that, oh, we're in this field tangentially or, you know, podcast or appear on MSNBC. I hate mentioning his name because it makes me vomit in my mouth. But Steve Mannon, who, by the way, had to turn himself in, did say a few interesting things about the media. And he's on point. And specifically what he has said is that we're not at war with the Democrats. We're at war with the media. And that was a very astute observation he gave a couple of days ago. And mm -hmm. he realized that media is the tip of the spear in his war. They consider this a war. This is a war for civilization. And specifically, it is to save, quote unquote, Western civilization. We're dealing yep. with Christian nationalists and white nationalists. So he's like, don't worry about the Democrats. You just have to win over the media. Flood the zone with shit. Keep them occupied. They're like the dog from up. They'll chase the squirrel, Right. Uh, disinformation, I would say, is one of the top five threats, not just to democracy globally, but also, I would say, to human rights, to science, to education, right? Mm -hmm. If they yep. own the channels of media, which I think they do, I think the right wing dominates. Look at the podcasts. Some of the most mediocre people, like I listen to their podcasts sometimes. I'm like, I'm not trying to be a hater. I'm like, 
all right, maybe I can like give them props for being witty and smart and having like strong radio voices. You got Ben Shapiro. You're like, the bar is low. And then you look at, you know, local TV news with Sinclair. Uh, you look at the, the online digital media. You look at Fox, right? And so the right-wing billionaires in particular have just spent so much money on creating this ecosystem, which not only misinforms a third of America, but based on the conversation that I walked in with you and Jen is due to the fatal mistake of creating a both sides narrative, it bleeds into the mainstream. And now you, you switch the Overton window further and further and further to the right. And so the calculation of people like Chris Licht, who replaced Jeff Zucker at CNN. Oh, that's the same. Thank you. Yeah, he has an audience of one. His audience is John Malone the libertarian right-wing billionaire who's the friend of Donald Trump, who gave money to the Donald Trump pack and is the biggest, uh, you know, a shareholder in this new merger between uh, Discovery and Warners. And he openly said, there should be more Fox News. We need more balance. The media is too liberal. So Chris Licht goes here to D.C. and courts mostly Republicans and asks them, how can we make our coverage better so you can come on, Right. And it's one of those situations where you're sitting there thinking to yourself, why is any news channel asking any elected official of any party how to make it better, right? And I could tell you as a person who was at CNN for a year that in the green room, nearly every single Trumper except two, and I'll name them, Paris Denard was a true believer and the guy who got fired for doing the Nazi symbol, Jeffrey Lord, everyone else, because I don't care about these people anymore because they're right. throwing democracy under the bus. Right. In the green room, both before and after our, our segments, they used to sit there and mock Trump, mock MAGA, and say how much they hated him. Then they went on TV with me and debated me and repeated MAGA talking points. Yep. And the reason why they did it was because this is how their bread was buttered. Yep. When you see people like, you know, why is Tapper doing what he's doing? Why is Brianna Keeler all of a sudden 180? Zelensky 180? Because the memo went out that this is what the boss Chris Licht wants. Zelensky? And in media, in, excuse me. You said Zelensky. Is Volodymyr Zelensky? No, Zelensky. Sorry, uh, not Zelensky. Uh, Zaslav, David Zaslav. I'm very confused. I Zelensky. didn't know that's, Volodymyr that's, Zelensky. That's the plot. Just... The Sorosian plot. He's very busy. Man. Yeah, he's very busy. No, I'm sorry. Chris Licht. <laughs> you know, the memo went out, and, and the firing of Brian Stelter and the firing of John Harwood was a shot across the bow. It was like you better get in line or else. Mm -hmm. so now you see Keeler. Uh, uh, the the other gentleman who's not Zelensky, whose name I'm forgetting, starts with uh, a Z, but that's yeah. Okay. And then you're seeing now also Tapper. They're Tapper. like, oh crap! And and for the people who are watching, why are they behaving like this? Let me give you, uh, let me just explain to you. In media, the most lucrative job, the the creme de la creme, is anchor uh, on CNN, MSNBC, Fox. You have a short lifespan. After that lifespan. You just disappear for the most part. Yeah. So you hold on to it like Charlton Heston with your cold, dead hands for as long as you can. Yeah. The second most lucrative job is commentator, analyst. You get paid anywhere from 70 to 120, if you're Rick Santorum, $200,000 to appear as a talking head. It's one of the most coveted jobs. You hold on to it for dear life. So this explains the calculation that they're like, okay, if this is how my bread is buttered, and if this is the talking points from Chris Licht and John Malone, do I, do I sit here and toe the line, and once in a while do I hit and get my jab and keep my job? Or do I risk my neck and get fired like Brian Stelter, and now you have seen what's been done? And, and the final point of what, you're, of what you're talking about, the media, Kurt Bardella has said this a lot. I've been saying it. You're saying it. Air America 
was before its time. The billionaires, mm-hmm. if they create a very quote unquote liberal media, which is a counter to Fox, but also has journalistic ethics, I believe in this day and age, in 2022 America, as the majority is realizing our rights are under assault from a fascist movement, I believe that network or that movement will get the eyeballs. And, and I'll give you an example. Acosta, who's at CNN right now, mm-hmm. he just tweeted that his hour, his demographic, got the highest ratings. If you guys remember, Al Franken was trending for two days because he just completely destroyed. I'm mm-hmm. forgetting her name. I used to debate her all the time. And I'll just throw her under the bus out, too, because I'm sick and tired of it. The woman, yeah. uh, I'm forgetting her name. I'm, I'm sick, guys. Forgive me. But Is the, it Alice? Alice? Alice. Alice. Alice was the one who they used to put me on with Alice all the time. Professional. We used to get along. Hates Trump. Hates Trump. Look at her. Look at how she has become after four years. So the fact that he completely destroyed Alice Stewart, Alice Stewart, trended for two days. All Everyone is like, why can't friggin' people do this? Why can't Democrats do this? He literally just said the facts, called her yep. out on it. Acosta yep. said nothing if you guys paid attention. It was but incredible. Acosta usually, you know, remember Acosta was the guy who used to like, yeah, said nothing. He was like, uh, but yep. what he did was he gave Franken the, the opportunity to just destroy her. Yeah. Franken just said the facts. Yep. He got the highest demographics. So it is. you see the majority following it, but with Licht and all the other folks, what they're chasing, and someone told me this, they're chasing 10,000 eyeballs. They're chasing the old demographic that is still attached to cable, the old heads who sit on their sofa and watch TV, and they're doing all this for just 10,000 eyeballs, and billionaires do not want liberal media because billionaires at the end of the day realize if liberals get power, yeah. people like Elizabeth Warren... And her ideas become mainstream. And so many of my rich friends who vote Democrats, they think she's going to increase the taxes and bring in socialism. So billionaires are not our friends. Thank you. So for is it a loss Thank leader? you for my speech. Yeah. So watch. It's like a loss leader for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yes. They're it, just like the, the Fox model. They don't make money. You know, I, I don't. What's his name? Tucker Carlson. I don't think has any sponsors left. So they, they, they are willing to lose money on the front end yep. to gain it. Uh, in terms of uh, to gain political power, which is infinitely more lucrative, um, you know, which is both effective, but deeply, deeply cynical. Um, Danielle, I just want to find out how much bro- t- time uh, Cub reporter Brian Karam has. Brian, how much time do you have? Because if you have... Uh, I, got about, uh, I, I got about five or ten minutes, and then uh, there's all kinds of stuff going on at the White House. Today. Okay, so I'm going to shift gears to you uh, since we have you for only a brief period of time. I uh, just want to make sure you're not wearing golf shoes, and if you are not, then you can go ahead and <laughs> catch us up on uh, golf <laughs> shoe gate or whatever the fuck. Oh, by the way, just a quick um, PSA. If you're going to play golf, bring your clubs. Go ahead, Brian. Yeah, uh, well, look, the, the the cover story was that he was talking about an upcoming event with uh, the people at the golf course and how they would have to change the uh, the uh, position of holes and stuff like that. And that's there's a lot of holes in that story. If you see the pictures <laughs> who were there and I was standing there briefly uh, yesterday trying to gander it at McCarthy and some guy would have, you know, were the worst uh, bald spot in the back that I've got. Um, it's all crap. And what bottom line is, is I know there are members of the DOJ who are very interested in that um, particular meeting and what was going on in that meeting. I heard nothing about what they suspect, only that they were very interested in it. Um, but you won't hear about that much in the, in, in the press. And to Waj's point, that's uh, 
that's one of the bigger problems that we have in the press today is being able to get out and actually do some decent reporting because we don't have reporters that are worth a damn. But that's just my <laughs> bias against the media. I, yeah. I just met a, a reporter here at the White House who has all of three weeks experience before they became a <laughs> White House reporter. Wow. So it's, that's uh, impressive. It's, it's, uh, yeah, it's a little nuts here. What can I tell you? So all of us can do Brian's job. That's good to know. Yeah, it's a fallback. Uh, so, Brian, what yeah. else is... Um... <laughs> but, Waj, I'll take... Uh, you know what? Go ahead. No, me? Yeah. Oh, I was just going to say, Waj, I'll just push back a little bit. I think that there's no such thing as liberal media, it's, and there's no such thing as conservative media. It's only money. It's all about, at the end of the day, making money. Those those people in the boardroom are definitely not liberal. The, the six or seven companies that uh, own most of what we see or read are here. They don't care about liberal agendas. They only care about money. So they'll go wherever the money is. That's how cynical I am about it at this point. I don't think there's any doubt that it's all money. And and here's the problem. We're trying to cover what's going on with Trump at the golf course. And there are people that simply won't send their reporters out to do the story. There's very NBC sent a crew and a couple others. But, you know, back in the day, that was, and, and I'll, I'll point to a couple of things where you can see where the media has changed. It's not just in political coverage. Take a look at how we're covering the new moonshot, how we're covering the new space race. You barely see or hear that at all. But remember, when I was a kid, every, every launch was uh, an event on all three networks. Every event, every launch was something that the country rallied around. We don't get that covered at all. Politics is covered. Uh, farcically, and so uh, you know, I'll, I'll I'll end my rant with that. But well, it's good to be at the White House and and all the all the silliness going on among my brethren. Look, I I think we we can um, we can uh, debate whether or not uh, it is a good or bad thing that we don't cover the the um, yes. If the Queen were on the moon, it would be covered. Uh, 24 hours a day for the rest of our lives, presumably. Um, but it's, it's what um, <clears throat> we cover at the expense of what we don't cover. That is, it is continues to be shocking. And, um, you know, there, well, yeah. I, <laughs> see, the thing is the, the, this thing in, in Britain is going to go on until at least September 19th, which is just quite something. And uh, apparently every day it's that's still news. I don't I okay. don't understand why. Anyway, um, that, I think that January, there is that the next I keep your eyes open for the next drop that she was going to drop in the next hearing. We'll be together for that on the 28th. But I'm giving you a heads up. You're going to be surprised at what you see on the 28th. Well, tell us more, man. Is well, that a speculation or is that something you know that you can or that's cannot something share? I was told today, that was something I was told today by a member of the committee. To, you will, and, off, and just off the record? Going, <laughs> well, off the record, I can't. Hey, off the record, we'll talk off the record. <laughs> but uh, all I can say is. It's going to be a, a vital interest to everyone. It's you know, a tough room, you know? Hey. <laughs> no, wait, I didn't, wait, wait, wait. Forget it. Go wait, ahead, Jen. Is it, Do you know if the hearing's at night or daytime, y'all? We don't know yet. Okay. We don't know yet. And I, I don't even know if that date has been uh, is set in stone, um, but I've heard it from enough sources that I'm willing to 
say that that's what's it, happening. It, it, right. Yeah. 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 Science tells us that the best way to achieve and maintain consistent deep sleep is by lowering core body temperature. Having temperature-controlled sleep repairs muscle after a hard day's work while improving cognitive function, so you always start your day feeling sharp and alert. That's why I need to tell you about Sleep Me. It's the new home for Chili Sleep and brings you the same great sleep that Chili Sleep offered, but under a new name. Sleep Me makes the coldest and most comfortable sleep systems available and creates the environment that meets the body's natural need for lower core temperatures, promoting deeper, restorative sleep. It's truly transformative. Chili Sleep makes the Uller Cube and Doc Pro sleep systems, which are water-based, temperature-controlled mattress toppers that fit over your existing mattress to provide your ideal sleep temperature. These mattress pads keep your bed at the perfect temperature for deep, cold sleep and are perfect sleep systems designed to help you fall asleep, stay asleep, and give you the confidence and energy to power through your day. They also just launched the new Doc Pro sleep system with two times more cold power than other models. It's whisper quiet and has a tubeless mattress pad design that allows for five times more cooling contact. Plus, you can pair it with the new Sleep.me app for enhanced device control and sleep scheduling. You'll be amazed at how much of a difference sleeping cool will make for you, especially in the hot summer months, but even in winter when you forget to crank down the heat. The Sleep Me system provides perfect, restorative, and restful sleep, and I strongly suggest you check it out. Head over to sleep.me slash Mary to learn more and save 25% off the purchase of any new Doc Pro, Cube, or Uller sleep system. This offer is available exclusively for the Mary Trump Show listeners and only for a limited time. That's sleep, S-L-E-E-P dot me, M-E slash Mary, to take advantage of our exclusive discounts and wake up refreshed every day. Or look for the link in the show notes. Anyway, I I just want to no. There is no such thing as the liberal media. Um, I'm not so sure about whether or not there's uh, not a there's state run media. <laughs> well, you yeah. know, quote unquote state run media at Vox, uh, et cetera. But the the fact that it's it's just another instance in which the right co ops language and you know. For, bye, Brian. Thank you for the uh, Cub Reporter update. Um, you know, it's just another way in which the right has 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 gotten its talking point to stick. Because Danielle, I mean, we've been hearing about the so-called liberal media <laughs> for decades now, and we, you know, are they? And again, like mainstream media, uh, acts as if it's it's a thing, so they bend over backwards not to be painted with that label. It's it's quite uh, it. It's quite a, I mean, uh, a cycle we have going. Yeah, it, it's a shit cycle. And it yeah. is a cycle that is continuing to happen because of who's in the newsroom and who's in who's in control of those newsrooms. Right. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we it is a money making scheme. And when when journalism became infused with capitalism and it was about 
ratings and advertisement. And it was no longer about sharing truth and understanding in order to educate our citizenry. And everything be, became about Clorox and, you know, and, and Lipton tea and this, that, and the other thing. Like, that's when we all began to lose. Because it isn't about, I mean, for fuck's sake, if I have to watch one more day of nonstop coverage of the Queen, and I've been asking, and I've talked to anchors who are tired. They are like, why are we doing this? I don't understand. I'm like, didn't we flee England for a reason? <laughs> like, I, like, I'm like, i confused. Like, didn't y'all's people come here on a boat and claim this land because you wanted to get away from the monarchy? And yet here we are just like celebrating it. And, you know, we and, fought and the them, reality, Danielle. We fought them. To I, I mean, that's, 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 that's what I thought. That, fought that's a whole what war. I thought. It was, I thought it was a whole war. I thought there was tea in an ocean. More I than thought that there was, I mm-hmm. thought that there was a lot of things that transpired in order to create a government formed by the people. And what I, what troubles me consistently about the media is that there's just a series of missed opportunities because mm-hmm. to be honest, we could be having a real conversation about the monarchy. We could be having a real conversation about theft and genocide and the debts that have incurred across African nations and Caribbean nations because of having been robbed Mm -hmm. by the, the, the British, um, for centuries, right? We could talk about sovereignty and what that means and looks like right now. We could be having these conversations and, you know, you know, the, the problem too, is that when we do, people love to push back on me and they say, well, Danielle, you know, I, I don't know why you're getting all hot and bothered because the queen was just a figurehead. She has no real power. And I said, yeah. so I'm confused because you clearly don't know anything about me. Everything is about fucking PR and conversation and words have power. So this queen over the 70 years that she was reigning could have elevated Mm-hmm. Right. And talked about, had conversations, roundtables, spoke in front of parliament about violence, about genocide. Mm-hmm. Right. About theft, about all of these things. But she didn't. You steal people's wealth and then you make them worship royalty yep. and think that you are some type of deity because of a bloodline. It's yep. bullshit. And so I, 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 it maddens me when people want to talk about the fact that she had no control over politics and policy when I'm like she had control over a microphone. She addressed mm-hmm. the, the Commonwealth, you know, on a regular basis and said absolutely nothing. That's on one hand. And then the other is just about mainstream media, which, frankly, we all need to abandon and mm-hmm. understand is dead. Right. Mm-hmm. For those 10,000 eyeballs that Waj was talking about, that's all that is there. I spend a majority of my day and my time on social media and on streaming platforms for a reason, because it's where the people are and it's where people want to have real conversations, unfiltered conversation. They are tired of being lied to. They are tired of the euphemisms and they just want people to cut the shit. And if yep. you want people who are going to cut the shit and give you the actual information you need, you ain't going to cable news. Right. Right. You're just not going there. I get more followers from doing your show here, Mary, than any hit that I do on on cable news. Why? Because people want to come here for unfiltered conversations that aren't being dictated by some far off body in a newsroom that actually only cares about shareholders and CEOs and not their responsibility as the fourth estate to the security of our democracy. Yeah, it's uh just proves the point that um, 
people want truth. They want honesty. And this is the thing that I've, I've been understanding less and less. Oh, by the way, just to, to your point about the uh, coverage of what's happening. Not that nothing's happening in England anymore, guys. Okay, nothing's happening anymore. Mary, can we agree? F the monarchy. May I just say? Yes, fuck the monarchy. monarchy. I'll say fuck the monarchy. And, uh, you know, and everything it stands for. And uh, to Danielle's other point about um, whether or not the queen was a figurehead, that's sort of like not not faulting her, not... not, Pretending as if she had no responsibility is sort of like saying that the president of the United States, it doesn't matter what he says, because what difference does it make? Really? Uh, His power is only political. It's absurd. I mean, what you say matters, what you stand for matters. And again, I'm, (laughs) you know, if somebody like her, we're seeing how much power is invested in these people simply by their reaction. I mean, come on. Like, if she says something, like, it's not going to influence people. It's patently absurd. And, yes, we are missing a huge opportunity to talk about, one, like, what is it with the, you know, American uh, psyche that, that seems to be so enamored of a monarchy that we shed blood to escape first of all, and that, you know, we don't have serious conversations about the ongoing impact of monarchy and colonialism and genocide. It's just, it, you know, we just keep missing the boat. And, and the other thing I wanted to say before, I think we should shift gears. Um, is the reason I got distracted before is there was a knock on my door and I was very concerned that it might be the FBI uh, serving me with a search warrant, but it wasn't. So we're all good still. I still have not been searched by the FBI. So excellent. And I'm not wearing golf shoes. So it's, it's all, it's all just as it should be. Um, but this whole idea that, uh, the only thing that sells in the media is anger, um, and paranoia. Well, okay. Paranoia, that's bad, but I'm, I'm really fucking angry. (laughs) So to what, like, there's no anger on the left that wouldn't get people to stop and pay attention. Come on. I mean, I'm not suggesting we go ranting and raving like, you know, lunatics like what's his name? Um, You know, the white guy with the beard and the Alex Jones. Uh, Oh, he has a beard now? My bad. Doesn't he always? I don't. Yeah. I just see him as red and eating chili all the time. But, you know. And hopefully uh, impoverished because people are going to keep suing him for being evil. But, you know, I'm not suggesting out-of-control ranting. I'm just saying that there's so many legitimate reasons for us to be angry and to, like, it's always on, the Republicans are never expected to do anything productive. They're never expected to be decent. So when they're unproductive and indecent, then they get a pass. (laughs) Democrats are always... um, expected to make common cause with, to compromise. And when they don't do that, because it's pretty bad to compromise with fascists, uh, they get all of the blame for the dysfunctions in our system, right? Uh, Watch, go ahead. Can I say something real quick? And I know Jen wants to say something, but just to your point, just to explain to the folks, because I know there's a lot of folks in the comment section, I read your comments. Hello, commentators and and listeners. Uh, I I try sometimes to to respond to you, but... uh, for those who don't know how this works, and to, to your point right now, Mary, I had a TV producer who told me the following. Last year, 
they were trying to do a show, a political conversation show. Two liberals, two conservatives, usual yada yada. Okay. <laughs> you know, I made the final cut. I went and did the auditions, whatever. Okay. The producer was telling me the following. The bar is so low for conservatives right now that we just need to find a conservative or Republican who, number one, doesn't believe in the big lie. And number two, isn't an outright white supremacist. <laughs> That's it. And now, now this, this is what's really frightening. I it's love outright. Yeah, outright. I love outright. Like, exactly. Just, just keep it a little bit of a secret. Don't be yes. so bold about we it. We have. So do Never go full. White supremacist. Yeah, it's <laughs> like tropical thunder. Don't go full, bro. Just stay half. So, so, and then the producer told me, we're having a really tough time finding even that. So to your point, <laughs> You know, and, and how everything is skewed, judging from the, the, the initial conversation for those who followed us, is think about what happens when you create a symmetry in an asymmetrical situation and on both sides, when anyone to the left or the right is expected not only to be factual, never to be angry, not radical, but then the right wing, just by virtue of being Republican, you can literally launder anything yep. because they need to have the other side. So they can come on with me or you or Jen or Danielle we have to be on point, but they could literally say anything. And what? Just don't be full white supremacist or go all in the big <laughs> lie. And the Overton window keeps shifting to the right. And I always tell people this. If indeed you're doing it down the middle, CNN, who is the liberal equivalent of the right? That's right. Maybe there isn't one. People. I, I can't think of one at all because the uh, liberal equivalent of somebody on the right would be somebody who is anti-humanity. <laughs> You know, I just I literally can't think, especially because right now the extremists on the right are mainstream Republicans. Extremists on the left are not in the party at all. And again, whatever extremism means, I mean, I guess if you're a full blown card carrying communist, I don't know. I don't know any. Uh, so I, I have no clue what they're even talking about. And and when they put it in those terms, right, Watch they legitimize that kind of discourse. Exactly. And I think we need to stop talking about both siderism. If you are, quote unquote, both sizing anything, you're pro-Republican at this point. That's that's how I, I feel about that particular issue. Uh, Jen? <clears throat> yeah, I thought you said we were moving on and I was going to make some We are, but you can, we can do whatever empire. we want here because we, are, we do not have any media overlords. We don't telling us other. Well, I, I mean, but where's my script? I mean, <laughs> you didn't get it. Uh, I, I thought I emailed it to you. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Next uh, time. You know, so I'm, I'm thinking a lot about, you know, very often with American politics and political history, there can be like a, a teaching moment. So, you know, when we had the hanging chads back in 2000, right. we learned something about the Constitution around the time of the insurrection. There are different different fragile moments in history that create an opportunity for education, you know, and the terrible joke, though it's true about Americans that how do we learn geography? It's when we go to war and so on. But, you know, the, the, we didn't go to war and, you know, directly in Ukraine and people are learning a lot about that part of the world. So similarly, the death of Queen Elizabeth and these new protocols for just sort of seamlessly deciding that there will be a transfer of sort of like, Quasi-authority, I don't know what you call the constitutional monarchy role, but the idea that they're going to use primogeniture, this kind of, you know, all this, this you don't have to just look at it and, and buy into the pageantry. This could be an opportunity to learn. And some of the things to learn, you can only learn if you ask not like royalists on to talk about it, but 
people who follow this stuff for other reasons. So let me give you one example. As you know, I'm working on a new book about tax policy. And one of the biggest issues that have been that has been of concern in the US for decades is the use by wealthy individuals and large corporations of offshore what's called either secrecy jurisdictions. Oh, there's the old book. There's only one chapter on tax. The new one is going to have even more. Thanks. I just <laughs> love that that's up there. I always look on your shelf when you're when you're doing your hits for it. Thanks. Um, I think it's behind me somewhere. All right, just to be clear, mine is in that thing, but you can't really see it. <laughs> Watch, I have I yours. I have mine, too. too. <laughs> like, I have mine, too. I'm I think from now today. on, we should just have everybody's books, like, right okay, behind us. I, not trying to sell anything. I just want to make a point. Okay. So except buy her book book on tax evasion, essentially, and tax avoidance and and structuring. And one of the, one of the common themes, people say, oh, these places like the Cayman Islands or Jersey and the Channel Islands. And you hear these things. And as an American, you think Cayman, uh, oh, the movie, The Firm, right? Or you think (laughs) we have these little things that we think, but you don't think Cayman, um, King Charles, but you should, because Mm -hmm. just yesterday or the day after he was, he acceded to the throne or he became the leader of the Cayman Islands because the Cayman Islands are a British overseas territory. Mm -hmm. Similarly, Jersey and the Channel Islands, also known to be an offshore secrecy jurisdiction, which has recently been a haven for Russian oligarchs with links to Putin. That is not even a British overseas territory. It's actually a dependency of the crown directly under now King Charles III. So these things, it'd be really interesting to say, well, what actually, you know, and, and, and you know, think about the, so the Commonwealth countries, you know, is what's a Commonwealth? Is that a colony or is it something independent? Mm-hmm. There's a lot that we could study here right. Um, right. as it relates to America, even if we have to make it America centric. Anyhow, well, that always is that always helps because Americans are so American centric. That's why we but don't I think really know it, anything. I think it's you know because there's constantly this conversation about corporations. This whole new idea of this minute alternative minimum tax that just got passed. It literally just got passed. Maybe can someone ask? Well, how does this affect? You know, does this mean all the stuff they're doing offshore will be covered, or is that going to be sort of sheltered through some of the exceptions that Kristen Cinema put in? And I don't fully have the answers. But I just, it's like we have this split mentality. It's like in America, we're supposed to be like, suddenly we're looking at power as problematic again. Suddenly we're thinking, you know, big is bad, tax the rich, but oh, look at the monarchs. And I I say that I'm, I'm partially as guilty because I kind of like, I think it's kind of amusing in a kitsch kind of way. And I realize that I, maybe (laughs) I'm feeding into this, the celebration of it. I don't know. Can I, I, on, on, I, I, I hate to shamelessly promote, I have an article coming out today called Run the Jewels, which is uh, the perspective of the formerly colonized and subjugated people and how we are responding to this pomp and circumstance of this queen that just does not, like, apparently she just doesn't die. It's been a week. I'm like, just bury her, man. Just bury her. It's time. Uh, September 19th is, is what we have to wait. Oh, my God. And so, it's you know, and, and I remember we got. I don't know about you, Danielle, if you tweeted this, but I, I was very, I think, very diplomatic. When, when she died, I said, the queen is dead. May she rest in peace. Now it's time to end the monarchy, which mm-hmm. I thought that was very yeah. benign compared to what other folks said, especially Irish mm-hmm. Twitter, uh, mm-hmm. which went just ham and like was on fire in literally tap dancing videos. Right. Mm-hmm. And I remember got tone policed. 
my some of my own followers said they were very disappointed in me. The finger wagging. How dare you? Now's not the time. Show when some. When is the time? Yeah, show you know some what? civility. It's never the time. And yeah, let's be civil in the face of racism and colonialism and the theft of God knows how much wealth in terms of blood and treasure. I mean, Jesus Christ. No, but, so, so I sat there and I'm like, huh? Okay. And I was like, you know, I do an audit of myself. Did I, did I, did I step out of bounds? I'm like, I don't think so. I was very respectful, but you have to realize, you know, Queen Elizabeth as a figurehead sat there and smiled. And as Daniel said, in her passionate and eloquent as always, uh, 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 I don't want to say rant. I would say uh, elucidation of facts and history. Uh, you know, she became the queen during the, the the brutal crackdown of Kenyans and the Mau Mau Rebellion, right? Uh, this was mm-hmm. just a few years after the brutal partition, the forced displacement of 10 to 20 million South Asians uh, after British colonialism. And not only that, uh, Prince Charles, based on exactly what Jen said, uh, through these Cayman Islands, New York Times did a piece, just came mm-hmm. out yesterday, we're, mm-hmm. no, I'm below sorry. the fold, well below the fold. Yeah. King Charles has yeah. amassed a man who has never had a job until like, I think, what, two days ago at the age yep. of 73. Where if you he, can call it a job. Yeah. I mean, has on. somehow amassed a billion dollar empire through tax cuts and offshore accounts. The royal family yep. is estimated in 2017 to somehow magically have $88 billion worth of worth. And Queen Elizabeth somehow was sitting on $500 million and she didn't want to disclose the extent of her wealth because she thought it'd be too embarrassing. So the question for oh, anyone watching is, it is how do these people who don't have jobs get all this money? And then I just want you to pay attention to the scepter that King Charles held during the coronation ceremony. And that scepter has diamonds in it that come from Africa. Yeah, they're blood and diamonds. The blood diamonds and the Kohinoor diamond from India. And so if you go visit British museums like I have, they call it the stolen goods tour. And you literally are like, if you take away all the really good stuff, all you'll have left in a British museum is like fish and chips and like a, a portrait of like pasty looking white people who are dead. And so for the rest of us, we look at this and we're like, you white folks in America are losing your shit over a monarch who is a foreign dignitary who represents a British imperial crown that we, our ancestors, rebelled against to get to get mm-hmm. liberty. And we have white supremacy and colonialism that is still ravaging African nations, the Caribbeans, uh, uh, South Asians. And somehow the rest of us are supposed to shed our tears for this figurehead who stayed quiet for the past uh, 90 years. Yeah, we're supposed to be polite in the face of all of this. And even the personal stuff, as you just said, that what Charles did, I'm sure much of it illicit because, I mean, offshore accounts and tax breaks don't ever sound good in this particular context. We're supposed to be polite in the face of the fact that these people covered up for a man who was at least a rapist of young women and girls. Uh, I mean, what the fuck? It's, like, it, I, you know, I, I find what I find absurd, and I'm so glad, Waj, that you like aired out, right, the historical context around this and just remind people that one, the audacity of white people to dictate to people of color how we should be how we should be forced to mourn our oppressor is on some bullshit that I have honestly it is just it, it is it is outrageous to me it is outrageous that you 
how the, uh, that the, and I, and I did a TikTok about this, that the white world has the audacity to point their finger at people, black indigenous people of color around this globe and tell us that we should be shedding tears for a, for a monarch that presided over some of the most bloody and disgusting and despicable genocides that this world has ever seen. And that we are to celebrate their wealth and be concerned about their family and the loss of their fucking grandmother. What about all of the grandmothers at and the grandfathers by the that way. were at 96. But, but what about the grandmothers and the grandfathers and the aunts and the uncles that were beaten, that were murdered, that were hung, that were shot, that were that were decapitated because of what the British did during colonization. Like, I'm just so tired of being forced and told how, what I should be doing with my black body, right? As in response to oppressors, like it is absurd. And I wish that at some point in time, white people would check themselves and be more concerned with what is going on inside of themselves, that they feel the need to dictate to other people whose experiences they don't even want to understand. They don't even want to learn. Why are we only learning about things during war and during times of death? Because Americans don't actually give a fuck about anything except what they see in the mirror. They don't even care about what is happening right in front of them in their society. That's why they have banned books. That's why they are dumbing down curriculum. Right. Because, my God, if we were to actually understand things and have critical thought, then we would ask questions. Right. I'm just I'm, I'm so tired of all of this and this parade and this pageantry and this nonsense and the protection, like you said, Mary, that this monarch gave to a pedophile, to a rapist, right? That they are holding, this man is gonna march behind his mother's friggin' casket on Monday, right? Don't oh, yell at him. Only, the only dishonor that he gets is not to be able to wear his military uniform, <laughs> which is the same thing that they are doing to Harry. And do you know what Harry did? Marry a biracial woman. That's Give right. me a fucking break. Yeah. And and um I I wanna switch gears. I know Jen, you have something to say, uh, but um you know, I think I think we need to be aware that part of this is is driven by the media. I don't know that there's a clamoring for this kind of insane, incessant coverage, uh, which sort of makes you wonder what what's going on there. Um, but you know, it's it's like that uh truism. You know, if you had a problem with the witches, but not with the people who <laughs> burned them at the stake, then you know, maybe you should uh reconsider your priorities. Um so the reason I wanted to, uh, I mean, what I want to talk about is, is what's going on, um, in, in three different arenas. And I think if we have time, I want to end up talking about polls, um, because I, I'm very eager to hear what your, uh, your views are on this, uh, this idea that the polls aren't accurate, Dems really aren't doing that well, and uh, we're all gonna we're gonna lose horribly or whatever whatever's happening with with that. But first, you know, we've got um, the potential that uh, this guy named Judge Deary uh, may be chosen as the special master. Uh, he has been, he was chosen by Donald's team, but is supported, uh, I guess by the DOJ. Um, we have Jeffrey Berman's new book, 
that basically reveals the depth and breadth of the corruption at the DOJ under, particularly under Bill Barr during Donald's administration. And we have the news, which I could barely find anything about, by the way, (laughs) that the DOJ just issued over 40 subpoenas in what's being referred to as a substantial escalation of the investigation less than 60 days out from the election. I don't know why, but somehow all of these things seem uh, not the poll issue, but those three things all seem Berman, uh, Judge Deary and... um, the subpoenas. I, they seem related to me somehow. I'm not entirely sure why. Uh, Jen, any thoughts about, are there one one of those things that stands out or the way they may be connected? So not the polling, but just the three things related to the investigation? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I am curious about timing and what the so-called rule is. I mean, I think what I like is it appears as if these investigations and subpoenas are going to continue. On the one hand, the subpoenas appear to happen just before the so-called 60-day window. So maybe that's that, and we're not going to hear much, um, but they're going to have to produce whatever information. Um, You know, I just, I, I all I can say is, and with the Deary thing, you know, I, I just feel like this stuff, you know, is going to move along at a snail's pace and, you know, eventually we'll get to some kind of indictment, like I said before, but it's going to feel anticlimactic because it's not going to, whatever it is, the punishment isn't going to be severe enough to fit the kind of damage that this man and his sycophants in the entire Republican Party have done to a nation that was already barely on its way to any kind of semblance of equality. We've been so set back. So in some ways, you know, I'm more excited to hear what the January 6th Mm -hmm. commission comes up with because they seem to be leading the way, you know, or it asks for what, what um, one comment on, on uh, Greg Berman, you know, hearing him on Rachel Maddow's show last night, on the one hand, I had some sympathy with the timing of, this because they tried to explain why, you know, he had to do all this stuff and get all of it vetted. On the other hand, he's not being fully forthcoming because you could have vetted some pieces of this and tweeted them out. You know, you don't have to, you know, we all know anyone who's ever written a book. um, I've I've never done one of these sort of tell-all books, but like if he signed a book based on this information, then he was supposed to keep it secret because that's why they gave him the advance. So there's money behind this, even if he wants to say it's just ethics and he had to run it all by them. He could have done this earlier. They could have all done it earlier. Um, And, you know, it makes me, there's there's different levels of complicity. And it's like how we began this conversation. If you're always chasing the next buck, you've lost your soul. That's right. And, um, you know, while you while Jen was talking, I I think it occurred to me why it feels like these things are related. Um, These are all problems that have been created by Donald. Uh, They're all things that are being delayed. If not uh, on his behalf, although in some cases that's that's the case, but certainly uh, delayed so that a narrative can take root. Uh, that mitigates the damage he's done. I mean, not sorry, 
that makes it seem like there is a a a case for the fact that what he did wasn't that bad. You know, if it were that bad, then we would be doing something right now, right? It would be an emergency. And yet delay, delay, delay. And um okay, sorry, I just saw your uh chat. Uh go ahead, Wash. Oh, uh no, I was just saying I just realized I have to go to the train station. I got so engrossed in this conversation that I don't <laughs> I don't miss my Amtrak. But I, I, I my my concern is shared with Jen is that I don't think this man's ever gonna see the inside of a jail cell. Uh, I think the people who think he's going to go to jail need to temper themselves. It's never going to happen. I think Donald, yeah, I was just thinking about this last time because I realized we're going to Mary shows like it, it, it like Donald's existence is a middle finger to the universe because mm-hmm. you sit there and you're like, how does this man keep failing up in life repeatedly? Uh, he's a terrible businessman. He's not that smart. He's a failed husband. Uh, he's a Bulgarian, and yet he fails up because he was born into wealth, born into privilege, celebrity, fame, and now the presidency, right? Yeah. Uh, I do think, though, what we're witnessing, hey, puppies and doggies, that's lovely. That's a, that's a Jen's like, Jen, you win. Um, it's one of those situations where I do think with the Justice Department tightening the screws, with the January 6th Commission, with these subpoenas, with this drip, 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 and also I always want to remind folks do not underestimate Fannie Willis of Georgia, mm-hmm. the district attorney. Do not underestimate Letitia James of New York. I think these financial cases are especially going to get some of these, uh, if you will, capos, like the, the, the Giuliani's, the Bannons. Mm-hmm. And I think the DOJ in particular, because the DOJ now is under active threat from the Oath Keepers and Proud Boys, because threats against the FBI have escalated, you're going to see a crackdown. Uh, against these groups. So they're going to get enough low-level capos, Mary, mm-hmm. at the end of this. But I think Donald will be indicted eventually, but nothing's going to happen to him. I hope I'm wrong. And I do think they're going to tighten it up, but the avalanche isn't going to come until after the midterms, mm-hmm. because apparently with both sides, James Comey can tilt the field against Hillary before the 2016 <laughs> election. But God forbid... Justice has to be delayed for Republicans and rich white folks. Uh, and it's one of those situations where I'm witnessing this. And, you know, you'd mentioned bring it all full circle. You know, who gets to escape culpability like Prince Andrew and the Epsteins and like everything that Jen talks about, these folks and big money, you know, with big money with Trump as a result of all this. And I don't know if you guys who are listening have noticed he's been openly criming his entire life. Mm-hmm. And, and and yet somehow nothing happened to him. No audit, no eyeballs. And you sit there and you go, oh, the system truly is rigged. Will we see accountability? Will we see some law and order? I think we'll get enough to satiate people's appetites. We'll get like an appetizer. But other than that, Mary, I'm not expecting this guy to be perp walked to jail. But yep. I hope I'm wrong. Yeah, Um I agree with you, but um, I also hope I'm wrong. So go catch your train. We'll see you next week. Um, so, yeah, Danielle, I, I I think that we need to not have that be something that we want. I mean, we can want it, but we have to, we have to let go of the whole jail thing. Um, because yeah. for all sorts of reasons, but um, I... I think it's 
uncovering, uh, continuing to uncover the malfeasance and the wrongdoing and the criminality, because if we don't do that, then, uh, as we've seen over the decades, that the vacuum gets filled with uh, justifications and rationalizations. And, I mean, yes, the criming is out in the open, which makes those of us who are sane uh, kind of stand back and say, how the fuck is that, is that possible? But it allows other people to, to uh, assume that how bad could it possibly be if it's done, being done out in the open? Like if it were really wrong, then then something would happen to him, right? You know, so here my, we are. Yeah, my continued concern, you know, to Wash's ending point is that if we continue to do these investigations, we continue to uncover all of this wrongdoing, all of this elite, uh, illegality, all of this criming, and the only people that end up seeing the inside of a prison Mm -hmm. are the foot soldiers and not the one, not the mob boss, not the person Mm -hmm. who said, go and do me a favor though. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Then what does that say about our justice system? It says what, well, black and brown people have always known, right? It's not, it has been built to protect rich white men Mm -hmm. for them and to, and, and to have, and for them to continue to hold their power and to hold everyone else accountable, but them. And so I, I think that the justice department, I think that the January 6th commission, I think that Fannie Willis, that, you know, New York, I think that everyone is under extreme pressure right now, because if this all comes up, which we know how it's going to come up. Donald Trump is the source of everything that is bad and wrong and represents everything that is bad and wrong about rich, white, cis, hetero men in America that are in power, that are misogynist, that are racist, and nothing happens to him, right? I I just, I don't know how you continue to have faith in American democracy, how you continue to have faith in these agencies and how we have a next presidential election and assume that all is going to go well, right? When when accountability is only going to be left for the people whose names that we don't know, but the person at the top who we know was in, was in control of all these things is able to continue to golf until the good Lord takes him. Right. Like, yeah. I just I, I just I just don't I don't know where we go from here. And that's my deepest concern. Yeah, I share it. It's a disa- it's a disaster in the making. Hey, Cap. Um, and I don't think we recover from it. Uh, so I, when I say I don't think he's going to prison, I don't necessarily think that he won't be held accountable. I just mean prison. The logistics of that. The uh, you know, it's a very very tricky thing, and I understand it. I don't really have a lot of patience for it, but I understand it. But um, the other problem, you know, with not indicting and then uh, holding, um, putting him on a trial and then convicting him, if indeed he did all of these things we know he did, uh, not doing that, allow again, it allows room for people to think that it's, it is a witch hunt. Because, like, if it were that bad, then obviously he would be. You know, they're just like Donald does. They will accuse us of just throwing things at the wall to see what sticks. Um, and it, it would be a very dark, dark day. Uh, 
well, day, period, in American history, and would would absolutely um, be a another nail um, because we need the opposite of uh, the the tr- current trend uh, towards two systems of. Ju- I mean, I was, you know, I'm kind of sick of that phrase too. To say there are two systems of justice is to say there's no justice. So let's just say that there's no justice in America. And that if we don't fix that, then what the hell else? What what is the point of anything? Um, so let's let's just hope that the people who have are privy to the evidence um, are terrified into doing the right thing. Because I I'm speculating, but there's no doubt in my mind some of the documents that Donald have has had. Sorry. And that this judge is trying to give back to him, apparently. Um, there's no doubt in my mind that they are the most incriminating, devastating, dangerous documents that one one could have in one's possession. So um, I'd like to think that it will will force the hand of people who might otherwise be reluctant to, to take that next step. Um, I talked earlier about polls. I know we, we need to go soon, but I, I want to s- push that aside for a second well, uh, until next week, because um, Lindsey Graham just uh, <laughs> did something that shouldn't surprise us, but is in its way. I mean, yes, it's evil, but it's also a gift. Lindsey Graham has put forward. Uh, is it a bill yet? I don't know. Yes, a bill to. um create a nationwide ban on abortions after 15 weeks. Is that right? Um, So first of all, fuck you, (laughs) Lindsey Graham. Fuck you, Republicans. You hypocrites. You misogynists. You racist people. Uh, And uh, And liars. And liars because it was states' rights. All the states should decide. Well, yeah, but we don't like the way half of the states are deciding. Right. So we're going to take control out of the states' hands and we're going to ram through a national ban on uh, reproductive justice, essentially. And we're totally confident that the rigged, illegitimate Supreme Court will back us up here, just as we're completely confident that the same court will rule against Democrats if they try to institute a a protection, <laughs> protection of reproductive justice. So, Jen, I, is this, I mean, it's a terrible development for obvious reasons, but do you think it, in the, at least in the short term, it's a good development uh, for the midterms? Um. I think it keeps in mind what is really going on. And for any, I think there are going to be a lot of people registering to vote who hadn't voted before people saying it makes a difference in voting. Um, I think there might be a lot of independent voters and even some Republican women voters who will keep this in mind and vote and vote for Democrats um, at least in the maybe the Senate and the House, is what you know, even if they don't do it down ticket in their local races. Um, and try, I, I think the mistake here was somehow, um, I think Lindsey Graham thought that if he said the word late term, mm-hmm. um, that that would push the debate so people would say these evil Democrats 
are baby killers or something stupid. Um, the whole thing is, this is, you know, the nationwide ban on abortions at 15 weeks. It's outrageous, not just because it's taking away reproductive freedom. It's outrageous to think that we're all that stupid. You know, the Supreme Court justices lied when they said Roe was settled law. Everyone lied when they say it's not a big deal. We're going to leave it to the states. And mm-hmm. now they're lying when they say, oh, it's not all abortions. It's just, a, you know, it's. Why they're doing this is because if they can get away with it, if you know, if they if they can take back the House, they're just waiting for the day they can get control of the Senate and the presidency. That's not that many years away. So they're just introducing this stuff. So later it takes the sting out of it when they have power. If they have power, they're going to say this has been around for a long time. That's right. And now this is not this is this is the country we live in right now. And everything is very close. It's very it's it's everything's going to be down to every vote mattering, every single vote. And the trouble is the system is skewed to make sure only some people get to vote. And, you know, it's very hard. uh, It's very hard to to face, you know, that, you know, what, what Roberts did to the Voting Rights Act sets us up for this. I mean, it was, it, it was a part of their, of, of their long-term plan, right? Mm-hmm. This is, this is a, you know, we talk about this all the time. This is a 40, 50 year plan that they have been organizing and strategizing around in broad daylight in front of us. And we just thought that it would never happen. The The reality no, here is, you knew it would. I mean, but I knew it would, right? Yeah, yes, yes, yes. Right, yes. Right, but right, right. Co- correct. And I just think that what we need to understand, because I don't, I, you know, I am the always the consistent bearer of bad news, right? But I will say this, that I believe that Republicans are overplaying their fucking hand. Mm-hmm. And I think that folks don't recognize, like they think that they have thought every single piece out. And I am telling you, they are not prepared for women. They are not prepared for young people. They are not prepared for their fire. They're not prepared for their passion. They're not prepared for their energy. So I don't want people to sit around and say, well, you know, there's nothing we can do because they're introducing these things and they own the courts and they own this, that, and the other thing. We've been through darker times in this country. We've been through darker spaces in around this globe, right? I believe that things in this country will in fact get bloodier before they get better, but they will in fact get better because people are not going down without a fight. And Republicans mm-hmm. are banking that they got they got everything on their side. They are counting the American spirit out. And I mean all Americans, not just the ones that they want to dictate as American. So I don't want people to say like, oh, everything is cooked. It is not done until right. the cake is out. That's right. Uh, it is not done until the last... Vote is counted, and um, and I love. Can I just jump in and say, Daniel, mm-hmm. you're right on everything, and especially I like. We're not going down without a fight. You look right. at someone like Zelensky in his speech the other day. It's not, like, right. you know, I'll, we're not doing this. We'll no. give up everything. And Biden too. I mean, Biden. Biden is is not pulling his punches so much anymore, and and that's good to see. I mean, I think he could go farther, but that's okay. It's a good start for somebody who. Uh, seemed convinced until very recently that bipartisanship was something to, just to be was, clear i'm not suggesting violence i'm suggesting re- no I'm no saying, no if you're taking away our freedom we're gonna fight back we're gonna vote we're we're gonna there's not this isn't going to they're not gonna take this country away from us no 
without a fight. No, and and I just want to make something really clear to to help people uh, dig in and and uh, keep up, uh, continue to be outraged in a, in a way that translates to action. Um, you know this this idea that the uh, the Republicans are the dog that caught the car. Bullshit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They they they've been plan what it's like they plan to overturn Roe and then when they they did they're like oh shit they were actually no they've been wanting and and like you said Danielle it is the combination of uh, going after Roe going after voting rights injecting God knows how many billions of dollars into politics buying their way uh, into. Um, majorities gerrymandering etc 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 right they've been planning for this and lindsey graham just proved it if you think oh shit we we they overturned roe and now what do we do that's terrible we need to back off from that you don't say you're going to pass a national ban on abortion for god's sakes so let's not pretend that they think they made a mistake or that they're regretting anything. These people are coming for our rights. Yep. And um, yeah, we can be, it's a bit much to take uh, to realize that it's still going to be close in November because it shouldn't be like, what the fuck are people voting for when they vote for Republicans? I don't even understand it anymore, but it doesn't matter. We know what we're voting for. And, Everybody needs to get out there. So um, we're going to leave it there today. Danielle Moody, Jen Taub, Cub reporter Brian Karam, Wajali, thank you all so much for being here. I will see you uh, next week, and I cannot wait for the uh, January 6th committee hearings. Can't wait. All right. See you guys soon. Bye. Thank you all for joining the Mary Trump Show strategy sessions today. It's always great to have you here. And thank you, of course, for all of your comments. Um, I I can't pay as close attention to them as I like during the show, but um, I do catch up with them later. So thank you for those. And thank you for hanging in with us. And uh, I hope that you think, as I do, uh, that the voices of the people on the show are really vital and need to be amplified as much as humanly possible, especially now that we're 56 days out from the midterms, which is a kind of terrifying prospect. Um, Anyway, that is it for today. Oh yeah, I did want to mention something. Uh, My second book, which is called The Reckoning, came out last summer. Uh, It's on the ebook version of that is on sale this week uh, for $2.99, apparently. Uh, Anywhere. Anywhere you get ebooks. Uh, so uh, if you haven't read it, uh, check it out. I think it does help explain um, why we are where we are, at least partially. Uh, so, and you know, two ninety nine, it's a pretty decent price. Um, and other than that, uh, we will be back on Thursday at seven p.m. Eastern, four p.m. Pacific, for my interview with David Korn, who just came out with an excellent book called American Psychosis. I also encourage you to read that. And of course, David's a great journalist and a great guy. So I'm looking forward to speaking with him again, uh, again, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific at youtube.com slash Politicon. And we'll be back here next Tuesday, 12 p.m. Eastern, uh, 9 a.m. Pacific for our next strategy session with the Nerd Avengers and a special guest. 
uh, that is also youtube.com slash Politicon. While you're on Politicon's YouTube page, please uh, subscribe to the channel. It's free. Uh, just the more subscribers we have, uh, the more uh, reach we have. Uh, and you can like the episode while you're there. Also, if you click on this bell, you will be sure to be alerted every time a new episode slash video drops. And uh, obviously, you can also listen to the show in podcast form on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you give us a five-star review, that would be fantastic because it really, really does help other people find the show. And uh, that is it. Uh, thank you so much for being here. I will see you back here on Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. In the meantime, please stay safe and be kind. <laughs>